All right, that's uh, Leonard Skinner, Simple Man. That means all things BillOReilly.com. Before we get to O'Reilly, let's go back to Donald Trump, his presidency, and comments he made about a hasty withdrawal from Afghanistan. My original instinct was to pull out the consequences of a rapid exit are both predictable and unacceptable. 9-11, the worst terrorist attack in our history, was planned and directed from Afghanistan because that country was ruled by a government that gave comfort and shelter to terrorists. A hasty withdrawal would create a vacuum that terrorists, including ISIS and Al-Qaeda, would instantly fill just as happened before September 11th. All right, that was uh, President Trump. He made those comments. His withdrawal plan included the following. First, before any negotiations took place, he got on the phone with the head of the Taliban and said, I will obliterate you if you do not follow every dotted I, cross T, period and comma in any deal we make. You saw what I did to the caliphate. It'll be nothing compared to what I have planned to you for you. Do you understand? Now, this has been confirmed by the president himself, by Mike Pompeo on the call. Mark Meadows was there and others as well. And about as harsh rhetoric as you'd ever expect. That's number one. Number two, it included keeping Bagram Air Force Base as for, for operational and military purposes. We would be in total control of that. Uh, it happens to be out on the outskirts of pretty much anything, which makes it very defensible, cost millions of dollars. We paid for it. Uh, It would also, the deal included, well, a a withdrawal where the Taliban wouldn't have made their march to Kabul. I keep running on TV the timeline of how much of the country that the Taliban was taking control of and how quickly they were doing it, which gave Biden months if he was paying any attention to to get the people, our fellow citizens out and a full withdrawal and our equipment out or at least destroy it um, and not do it on the timetable now of the Taliban. Now it appears that he's sticking to the August 31st art- artificial deadline. Bill O'Reilly uh, dot com. Mr. O'Reilly is with us. Simple man. This is not a simple. There's no simple solution. And from what I can tell is that Americans are about to be left behind in Afghanistan. This is what happens in a republic that votes in incompetent people. I don't know why everybody's surprised. I mean, I, you and I and others have been saying from the very beginning, even before the election, that you put this guy in office, there's going to be some problems here. Um, so why is everybody going, oh, he's going to leave Americans behind? Yeah, he will. Just like James Buchanan. But, but hang up. But, Bill, one second here. You remember I wrote this book, my first book in 10 years. I don't like writing books. You're great at it. I, I'm, I, it's painful, the whole process to me, but I did it because I, I felt so compelled to lay out what would happen if Biden yeah. ever got elected. Right. With everything that I factored in, everything is even worse than I anticipated. And I don't think I'd ever anticipate an American president 
being willing to leave Americans hostage behind enemy lines, Bill. It's happened before. Jimmy Carter did it. Uh, James Buchanan, the president right before Lincoln, the Civil War, he did nothing, nothing to keep the Union together and to try to uh, forestall the most violent conflict on American soil in history. It's happened before. The difference now is that we have a guy running the country and the commander-in-chief of the armed forces who cannot retain information. So he doesn't, he, he doesn't have the ability to analyze what's happening around the world or in his own country. So that's why these kinds of things are just pinpoint, you know. And you're going to see another two or three coming up in the next year. Not as bad as this. This is probably going to be the worst. But really, really intense problems that Biden will make worse. And I'm not, this is no ideology on my part. This is just the guy. Look, Abby, you're, you've been around, okay? I think you're, what, 82 years old now? So you're such a, you're life, such a, you know, for a simple man, you could be such a jackass, but remember, well, you're I'm older not, than me. I'm, just, I'm going by the gray hair that I see on TV. <laughs> well, what do you want me to get? A, what, you want me to get a colorist and start dyeing it? Yeah, and Botox. Give the audience a break. Come okay, on. By the way, how weird is it that so many guys in our industry actually do that, like a majority? I think you and I are the only hardcore old schoolers biden's, biden's got an eye, an eye thing going on he's got something um, going on i don't know what's going on it's not yeah, there's not a lot of activity in between though right but anyway um so we know that there are people who cannot do the jobs that they have and everybody listening to us knows those people too they just can't do it it's not that they don't want to do it or you know they can't do it and All right, Bill, let, let me let, let me let me approach this from a different way. All right. The CIA, according to my sources, pulled out over six weeks ago. That means they saw this happening. I've been running this map on my TV show where you see in May how much how much territory the Taliban had taken over. Right. And I show May and then different times during the period of June. How much territory they were accumulating. They were accumulating a lot of territory very quickly all the way through July. In in the interim, everybody could see what was happening. It's not just Joe Biden. We do have a vice president who's pretty checked out, uh, seemingly. But we also have our military guys. Now, I know Millie's been into a woke military agenda, but certainly there had to be a defense secretary, a joint chiefs chairman, a national security advisor, Department of Homeland Security secretary, somebody. Why did they miss the march of the Taliban and 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 not go in with alarms screaming, saying we need to get our people out now in May, June or July, Bill? Why? Because they're politicians. Jeez. And they knew that the Biden people who surround him wanted out and wanted out fast, and they were not going to go up against that scenario. So, yes, he got briefings that said, well, if you really pull out fast, I don't know if that Kabul government can, uh, can withstand. He got that. And they all knew that there was a better than even chance the country would collapse. But they're not going to pound the table because they want to keep their job. 
And there, I don't know anybody in the Biden administration from top to bottom, I don't know anyone who I would say is a problem solver. Now, in Trump, you had Kudlow, uh, you had other people. Pompeo, I thought, was a very good Secretary of State. He was great. And he yeah, would tell agree. Trump, back off here, back off there. Remember, Trump fired a lot of people who disagree with him. But Pompeo could get away with it. I don't know, Barr, that was real tight to the vest. I, I don't know what happened in the Justice Department there. I'd love to know, but I don't. I don't know either, and I've tried to find out. Yeah, it's very hard. But Pompeo, we know. Pompeo was a tough guy. He came in and say, hey, and this is likely to happen. And, and Trump listened to him because Pompeo was former CIA chief. He's and Pompeo brilliant. and Petraeus, who knows Afghanistan better than anyone, Petraeus was just pounding the table on both Biden and Trump and saying, look, you guys, this is a complicated thing. You just can't extricate yourself in three days. You're going to have a bloodbath all over the place, which is what's going to happen. You know, what's interesting about this Afghan story, Hannity, is that it will die down after Labor Day because the corporate media doesn't want to continue it. But you're going to have an atrocity du jour. So the Taliban are going to set people on fire or enslave women. Uh, they're not going to kill Americans outright because then Biden would have to go and bomb the hell out of them. He'd have to. I disagree but, with you. I think I think they're capable of anything. No, nah, they know if they kill an American. So they're gonna we're gonna know that Americans are being held hostage yes, behind enemy happen. lines by a terrorist organization, a safe haven country, the Islamic Emirates of, of Afghanistan, and that these Americans are there because I'm not gonna stop reporting it, Bill. I will no. count every you single solitary day. I don't care if it's the next 5,000 days. As long as I'm breathing and talking, I'm doing it. But be careful. You have to oh, verify. Really? You know, be, you have to know. But Carter did the same thing. And that's what Cronkite destroyed Carter. Because every night on the CBS Evening News, Cronkite would go, day 58 of our Americans being held hostage by Iran. Day 59. Day Today's day 11 of Americans caught behind enemy lines. You ought to do the whole Cronkite thing. Pull the video. Cronkite <laughs> oh, destroyed. We're going to start talking about David Brinkley next, and uh, I'll tell you somebody I did love, who I thought was great, was Tim Russert. Russert was a, a very fair man, very smart man, but my point is this. Cronkite destroyed Jimmy Carter. He absolutely destroyed him. Because people trusted Cronkite, and every night he got on and he did that. Now, you could set that whole thing up tonight, just pull the Cronkite saying, look what he did. And we're going to do this, too, because we want Americans to be every day no. And then the atrocities, the Taliban can't help themselves. There's no discipline in a core. So it's not like the Taliban or the Iranian army, the Quds force. That's not... Right. These are these are local thugs, local opium dealers. They'll slit your throat for five dollars. So they're not going to be able to control them. They're going to be able to do what they want where they are. And and if you don't think that they're going to go in and brutalize women and non-Muslims and children, even children, okay, they are. So that Biden's going to have to own this until he leaves office, and it's not going to stop. It's going to be like every day. That's the dire situation that President Biden finds himself in. Corporate media will, will flee away from the story, but the story will be there.
And Americans are not going to forget it. If there is one American left behind, Bill O'Reilly, that we know of, that we verify, I will never give up hope that we will go in there and save them. It is well, certainly, special forces are capable of doing that, and and well, the air is, power has to be used as well. The, the, Bill, the problem is when it was easy in May, June, and July, as the Taliban were on the march. Again, I go back to my map. They had every indication that the Afghan army that Biden bragged about just a couple of weeks ago was totally, completely collapsing and getting destroyed by the Taliban. And yet they did nothing when it would have been easy. Now we've given them billions of dollars of military equipment, including Black Hawk helicopters, night vision goggles, all of our weapons and munitions that they left behind, up-armored Humvees. They got it all, Bill, because uh, we they didn't move. This is th- you can't do it any worse than this. I would I would a five year old could have planned logistics better than this. You bet. And, you know, Biden, this is, I think, going to sink him. That whole progressive uh, movement's going to go with him, too. Um, how much time we got before you got to sell That's One minute. Okay. So it's interesting to see there are now popping up a few people trying to defend Biden. This guy, Matthew Dowd on ABC. I mean, this guy's ridiculous. Juan Williams. Um, trying to defend Biden. Oh, no, he's doing the right thing. Oh, no, 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 there's no screw-up here. Oh, no. And, you know, not many of them, though. Not too many. But you'll start to see a little bit more of that because corporate media knows that he's tottering, knows that he's on the edge of the cliff. And because the story's not going away, he will go over the cliff. I don't know, Bill. I mean, I am, I am in, in terms of the sense of, urgency and alarm i've got a five alarm fire going through my system 24 hours a day over this i'm sick to my stomach that our fellow americans are left behind yeah i am i am i i am absolutely apoplectic and livid at how the the level of incompetence and lack of preparation uh, this was not a hard do a heavy lift this was it's one of the most it's one of the most incompetent policy Ever. decisions in U.S. history. In US Bill O'Reilly, all things O'Reilly at BillOReilly.com. He'll be playing Walter Cronkite reruns apparently tonight. Oh, if you yeah. want to watch. I, just, I gave you a brilliant idea, Hattie. Oh, I'm messing with you. Anyway, we got to pray for our fellow Americans, Bill. And, I will. And I'm not kidding. I will. All right, 800 Sean is our number. We'll continue. Fake news gives you lies. Hannity supplies the truth. Sean Hannity is on right now. All right, 25 to the top of the hour. A few minutes from now, we'll be joined by Florida Congressman Mike Waltz. He's been phenomenal on this. Um, Florida native, uh, colonel in the National Guard, combat decorated Green Beret, former White House Pentagon policy advisor, um, and he's been he's, he's getting out of a, a briefing in the latest updates of what's really going on on the ground. And he'll he'll share them with us uh, as soon as he pulls out of that meeting. Uh, in the meantime, let's go back to uh, circle back. Jen Saki, it's like the Baghdad Bob of our moment. 
uh, you know, well, th- th- this evacuation is a success. Really? How do you define success? Listen. I would say that this is now on track, Peter, to be the largest airlift in U.S. history. I'm sure that if they capture me, they will kill me. Like me, there are hundred people. This is called the wrong policy of the United States. When I went there, they were just whipping people left and right. So I got whipped and I got really scared. I came back. Bringing American citizens out. It is bringing our Afghan partners out. It is bringing allies out. I work half of my life with the U.S. And now they left me behind. I served my, basically one third of my life with the U.S. government, and now I'm not even able to save my own family, my own blood. So no, I would not say that is that anything but a success. I'm an American rescue, evacuate, take me home. Yeah, uh, is that what we call success? Americans trapped behind enemy lines. Biden seemingly, you know, not caring. You stay until every American is home. You don't take dictates and orders from the Taliban. And no, no, no president in their right mind would have would have watched the Taliban march all the way through the entire country, grabbing larger and larger portions of the country in record time and not have acted sooner when they had control of Kabul. Anyway, this is Saki. Just listen to her. This was the first one we'll play is from two days ago when she got into it with with Peter Ducey that, that, you know, we're not stranding everybody. Then we have the woman that called Fox says, I'm stranded. Yeah, I'm being stranded here and so many others. And then saying, yeah, we might leave Americans behind. Something I never thought I'd hear from our government in our lifetime. Listen. The president have a sense that most of the criticism is not of leaving Afghanistan. It's the way that he has ordered it to happen by pulling the troops before getting these Americans who are now stranded. Does he have a sense of that? First of all, I think it's irresponsible to say Americans are stranded. They are not. We are committed to bringing Americans who want to come home home. Our commitment continues to be to U.S. citizens. If they want to leave, we will help get them out. Uh, again, we expect there could be some, uh, but I, I don't, I'm not going to get into it further. We expect there could be some left behind. Congressman Mike Waltz of Florida, uh, we've talked about him, uh, a colonel in the National Guard, combat-decorated Green Beret, former White House and Pentagon policy advisor, has just come out of a briefing on the very latest of what's happening on the ground. Um, well, there's none of it can be any good is my my gut feeling. Maybe you can give me some good news for once, uh, Congressman, because I don't see anything good happening as a result of Biden's disaster here. Well, Sean, prepare to be disappointed in terms of good news. Uh, look, there there's there's two major disconnects that continue to happen day after day after day. One is the disconnect between the happy talk that we hear from from the president and and his various spokesmen and women, Saki, Kirby, uh, and the rest that say everything's fine. That disconnect between what we're seeing on the ground, uh, where we've got congressional offices that are going operational, helping American citizens dodge Taliban checkpoints and get through lines, uh, 
And then the other piece is what we're hearing behind closed doors and classified briefings from his people and then what we hear from him. Couldn't be more night and day difference. So you're basically telling us that the president is lying to the country. He's either lying or he's heartless or he's clueless or all of the above. Hard to tell. Well, it, it, I mean, there's either, these are not issues. There's either one way or the other. Either it's going well or it's not going well. You know, to, to put a spin on it politically and read a speech written by some staffer that is at odds with truth and reality of what's going on there. Well, what can you give us some examples? Well, we're hearing uh, that, you know, look, we may have a few hiccups, but people are getting through. I could tell you just this morning, one of my teams, was guiding, I mean, it's amazing that congressional staffers are real-time guiding uh, Afghans and Americans through checkpoint, and the Taliban stopped, uh, stopped them, grabbed their phones, and destroyed them and told them to turn around and go back. Uh, is this, now, this is not citizens. just Afghan allies, because they've already said publicly they're not letting Afghans get to the airport. So, in other words, all have, of those people, that, and they have all the computer data that helped us the last 20 years, they're going to be left right. behind and they're going to be murdered. That's just that's a right. fact at this point. But you're saying that well, Americans with American passports, green cards, that when they get to the airport, checkpoints of the Taliban controlled the entire perimeter controlled by the Taliban, that Americans with passports are being turned back. Is that correct? That's right. Some they're letting through, some they're not. Uh, and, we're ha- and we're in a position where we're saying, mother may I... Uh, let me let me and, and, and please and begging. And let me tell you something, Sean, having sat across from these terrorists on more than one occasion, the more you beg and plead from them from a position of weakness, the more they're going to push and take advantage. They understand strength. They understand leverage and they understand bullets. Uh, and what I just got out of this briefing is no one has said to them, no one has said to them in all our dealings, we're coming to get our Americans, and if you stand in our way, we're going to kill you. That's what they understand. Uh, and no one has said that. It is this arbitrary made-up deadline, uh, uh, 31 August, that we gave them, and now they're enforcing and, and, and putting back on us. Uh, it is, <laughs> it's, it's just outrageous across well, the Americans board. But we, are in a, we are in a position, bottom line, of leaving Americans behind. Uh, do, there do we are know how many Americans are there? And are you saying that there is no doubt Americans now will be left behind? Uh, if he sticks to the 31 August, uh, I do not see any logical way they get every American out that wants to leave. Uh, apparently, there are some uh, that that do not want to leave, but mainly, best I can tell, it's because they have Afghan family that they know will be targeted. Uh, and that they know uh, the Taliban will seek uh, retribution, and they don't feel like they can get them out. But otherwise, there are going to be those that are trying to leave and cannot. And what I can't get a straight answer on, even in this briefing, is why we're not going to get them. Right now, we have special forces on the ground. They're ready to go, and I can't get a straight answer of who's not well, letting the, do it. Well, wait a minute. The Brits are doing it. The French are That's doing right. it. The, the Dutch are doing it. I don't know if other countries are doing it. Why haven't we done that? They're ready to do it. They have the capability to do it. And I can tell you from talking to the special operators, uh, they're beside themselves with anger that they're not being allowed to do it. 
I mean, there we know how many shot. Americans right now are behind enemy lines. Number one and number two, are we do we have the locations of every American behind enemy lines? I don't want to get in for their safety and main and for the military safety. Get into too much detail, but uh, I'm asking a good question, though. Let's put it that way. But that's right, uh, and I'll tell you what—it's in the thousands. Uh, oh and here's God. the thing. We are approaching the largest mass, potential mass hostage event in American history. This will make 1979 in Tehran look like a sleepover because what the Taliban will do, you know what they want? They want access to the billions in foreign reserves. They want international recognition. They want economic assistance. They want, you know, there's all kinds of things they want, and all they have to do is grab Americans as hostage for leverage. Why? Because Joe Biden left them there. Is there any doubt that that's what the outcome is going to be? This this is why I felt so strongly, and I don't know if you've been watching my TV show, and I keep referring to this map that we've, we've had built out, and it's it's a time lapse, and it shows the country, I guess now the Islamic Emirates of Afghanistan, and it shows the yep. Taliban on the march and how much territory they had accumulated in May and how much in early June, mid-June, late June, early July, mid-July, I mean, they literally were, were taking over the entire country extraordinarily quickly. And my, my main argument is here is everybody could see it. It's not like we needed, you know, even intelligence on the ground to be telling us. Yeah. In real time, now, we what, knew that the, the Afghan army was collapsing. In real time, right. they knew they're it May, blame, June, and July. Blame, Why didn't? That's right. They're going to blame. Uh, they're going to try to blame the intelligence and say we didn't know. We just called them on it on this briefing and say, actually, we've accessed reports that said you were being told. So stop lying to us. Uh, By the way, Marco one, Rubio's two, confirmed the same. And let me add one other thing. You do know that the CIA pulled out six weeks ago, don't you? Yeah. So you're probably asking, well, I know forward. that, but how do you know it, Hannity? But go ahead. <laughs> but here's the thing going forward. We are blind now because the CIA did pull out. This, this term that, uh, that Biden keeps throwing out over the horizon counterterrorism, it's a talking point. It's a joke. Uh, we do not have, we are in a worse position, Sean, than we were in September 10th, 2001, because now we have no bases in the region. Our local allies, back then it was the Northern Alliance. Now they're being hunted down as we speak, and those who survive are never going to trust us again. And here's the thing that makes me so damn mad is that we're going to have to fight through our own equipment. Billions of dollars worth of body armor, artillery, heavy weapons, night vision, to get to Al-Qaeda. And one Black Hawk helicopters, Congressman. You got it. You got it. Uh, and the thing that the intelligence community has been crystal clear on, this is what the American people need to understand, is that the Taliban equals Al-Qaeda. They are married at the hip. They have not divorced. The number two of the Taliban is Al-Qaeda, a guy by the name of Siraj Haqqani. Zawahiri, which is Osama bin Laden's uh, deputy, is still alive and well. And they fully intend, according to Biden's own intelligence community, to hit the United States again. So here we are heading into the 20th anniversary of 9-11. And that cancer, you know, what happens in Afghanistan doesn't stay in Afghanistan. It spreads like a cancer. And I am not going to wait until we have another San Bernardino, another Pulse nightclub, or God forbid another 9/11. If this White House won't lead, we'll lead from, we'll lead from Congress, and we're going to take a page out of Charlie Wilson's playbook 
uh, and we're gonna we're gonna help what resistance is left uh, because we have this is this is about taking a stand against extremism and terrorism that fully intends to kill Americans in our backyard, not on can my you watch. Give us more details specifically. What can you do? Well, what can Congress I do? Was just in, I was just in touch today uh, with the the resistance that's still left. Uh, if you look up Ahmed Shah Massoud, he was a famous uh, resistance fighter. His son is still making a stand. The vice president of Afghanistan is still making a stand uh, in a place called the Panjshir Valley uh, to the north. To we the need north. to be directing assistance to them. Uh, we need to be helping them. Uh, and we need to, number one. Number two, we need to cut off all aid to Pakistan, who has fueled this thing uh, with the Taliban, and then number three, we need real options uh, from a counterterrorism standpoint to stay on top of Al Qaeda. Uh, but this is uh, <laughs> this is another 9/11 in the making. And here's the thing, Sean: the same team that's around Biden, Blinken, Austin, Jake Sullivan, all of them was the same team that was around Obama that led to Benghazi, the trade for Bergdahl, the rise of ISIS into a caliphate after they yanked out of Iraq, the Iran deal. And we can go right on down the list. It's the same people making the same mistakes. And Americans are going to die because of it. And that blood is going to be on their hands. That blood will be on their hands. Congressman, I uh, my heart is troubled. You're right. That's a lot of bad news to absorb in uh, one half hour of radio. But we appreciate you being forthright and honest with us. And... Um, God help every American there that we can get as many as possible out and hopefully, I pray, not leave a single one behind. Thank you. Keep us updated, sir. We appreciate your hard work. All right, Sean. Talk to you soon. We'll keep up the fight. 800-941-SEAN is our number if you want to be a part of the program. We'll continue. Coast to coast, border to border, Sean Hannity is on the radio right now. All right, when we come back, uh, reports that G7 leaders were trying to convince Biden, one of the reasons he was nearly five hours late for his presser, to extend Afghanistan's troop withdrawals. He said no. The behind the scenes story about Europe's frustrated attempts. Straight ahead. <laughs> 